Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Joshua's time is short, and he's about to die. He has got to get the people on track with God and fast. He doesn't have much time left. He knows that they have false gods hidden away, and he's kind of given them the opportunity here to cough it up. You know, it's like now's your chance to say something. God's given you a chance to repent here. Joshua knows they're telling him what he wants to hear because in verse 19, he said, You can't serve the Lord. For he is a holy God. You can't do this and serve God. He's holy. He knows what you're doing. And the people had just said in verse 18, yep, we'll do it. He's our God. And Joshua immediately said, you can't serve him. He's our God. He's our God. You can't serve him. Now, why would he say that? Right after they said, yes, he's our God. You can't serve him. Because he knows there's something in the camp. He knows there's something there that should not be there. Did anybody find it odd when Joshua said that God will not forgive your sins? Anybody find that odd? Did you see that? He said it. God's not going to forgive your sins, your transgressions. Because the thought we always have is, well, God always forgives sins. He he told them he's not going to forgive your sins. Why would he say such a thing as that? Because they're hiding something. And he knows it. God's not going to forgive your sins. Got that little back pocket, little sin back here. He don't know he's going to die soon anyway. God's not going to forgive you, man. Would you like to be here in this moment? Well, guess what? We are, because we're reading it. (laughs) We're reading it, so we might as well be in it. He said in verse 19, He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then He will turn and do you harm and consume you after He has done you good. Oh my goodness, it gets deeper by the minute. In other words, just because you got to the promised land and you've got it all nice and dandy, don't think that means you're untouchable now. You're here in the promised land. God said he'd get us here. Here we are. All right, let's party. Uh Uh-uh. No, doesn't work like that. Don't take advantage of God's goodness to turn it into a sin license because he will harm you after he has done you good. You know, there's people that insist, well, I'm saved, I'm saved. I'm under the covenant of eternal life salvation, and they go and sin like the devil, they're doing this. They're taking advantage of God's goodness, and he'll harm them even after he's done them good. If they transgress, and that's that's a bad way to be. This is is a non-sin license issue here. Now, I preach sealed salvation, and I always do, because I believe once you're saved, you stay saved. It's a promise, but there is in no sense about it. There's no tone at all that indicates that that is a sin license that you can go and party yourself away. That's not what sealed salvation means. So I just want everybody to hear this because that's that's the way I preach the word and that you must stick close to the Lord God and obey him anyway. He just got the people the promised land. He said, I promise to get you there. They're here 
And now they're taking it like, ah, we can do what we want to now. No, you can't. <laughs> Still got to obey. Joshua holds them to be witnesses. And maybe now they're starting to mean it this time. Maybe now they're starting to sink in. Basically, Joshua is saying, all of you heard each other say that you're going to serve God. So I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold all of you to it. Joshua just made everybody accountable with each other. Everybody that was all saying, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. He goes, all right, you're all witnesses now. He's basically saying, if you see Joe Bob doing something that Jim Bob knows Joe Bob ought to not be doing, you go make him accountable because you're witnesses to each other. That's what Joshua's doing here. Put away the foreign gods. He knows there's something up. Put away the foreign gods, which are, which might be, no, that's not what he said. He said the foreign gods that are among you. He goes, I know they're there. Put them away. Mm. Joshua knows something up, and he's putting pressure on to get whoever it is to crack and repent. Somebody is going to crack and repent and cough it up. You remember how it went down with Achan? I'll always bring up Achan all the time. Achan tried to hide that sin, and he buried that stuff that he wasn't supposed to have in, in his tent. And God literally called Achan out directly and publicly, and they dragged him right clean out in front of everybody. And he would not repent, and they had to kill him. They had to get, get him out, because he was evil. He was going to do a bunch of mess. God was going to hand Israel over to the enemy. There, were, there was already 36 men died because of Achan, and now he wouldn't repent. They had to put him out. But God dragged him out in front of everyone, public. Now, this time, though, God's not calling anybody out like this. I see patience in this. God is giving people an opportunity to let this soak. This pressure from Joshua is going to soak in, and somebody's going to go, oh, man, i got to get that out of my pocket. i got to throw it away. I guess I better do it. Man, I'm going to be in trouble if I don't. Can you see what's working on these people? The people listening to Joshua, can you feel the pressure? It's mounting, isn't it? This is convicting stuff, guys. Wow. So God's not calling people out this time, but he did have Joshua give the people a very stern a fair opportunity to come forward and repent on their own, but also with a stern warning that God will harm them. He will harm them, he said, if they don't get right. Right Now you're really going off in left field. No, I'm not, because I'm just saying what the Bible says. God doing harm to someone, that's a tough pill for some people to swallow. That really is. I want to show you Isaiah 45 and 7. You will not hear this from prosperity preachers. God says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. The reason he had to spell it out like that for us is because we just won't believe he does it. Whenever a bad thing happens, oh, certainly it wasn't God did that. Well, maybe it was. No, because God doesn't do that. Yes, he does. I, the Lord, do these things. Now that forces you to look at yourself. What have I got hiding in my back pocket? Maybe I'm the one that messed up. When we fall away to serve other gods, God will harm us. Even after he's done you good. Oh, but God's blessed me, Ray. God's blessed me. He blessed Israel here. And he told him, if you don't get right, God will harm you after he did you good. Well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, but what are you doing wrong now? God will harm us to snap us out of it. To stop following those bad false gods that we've been hiding trying to hide it away from the pastor, trying to hide it away from the congregation, thinking you got it so well hidden. But guess what? God has a way of digging it out. 
Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? (laughs) Matthew 15 and 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know, we'll say whatever we got to say to get out of something, won't we, sometimes? The Israelites are telling Joshua, he's our God. And yet, while they're declaring it, he knows somebody has a secret stash tucked away somewhere. And this is why Joshua said, God will not forgive your sins while you reject him for other gods. This practice still goes on right now. A lot of people try to take advantage of God's good promises. The big one today are those, like I was saying, I'm under covenant, I'm I'm saved. But then they turn God's promises into a sin license just because God has already done them good. And they go off and they do wrong things from there. God will turn a blessing into harm if you try to take advantage of His grace. Do not try to take advantage of God's grace. You should be on your knees, thankful for what He's taken you out of. This is why Joshua has them standing at Shechem. So they can remember. Remember where you were? Don't hide that sin. Get it out. Look what God did for you. He brought you here. You want to go further in this blessing, get those gods out. But if not, he'll harm you even after he did you good. It's time to cough up those gods, which are among you, by the way, as he said, repent before God, before God has to harm you to dig it out of you. Oh, Joshua 24 and 24. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. I'm guessing Joshua is starting to get some real responses now. Because <laughs> look, now he's starting to take action. I think now there, I think he had to go through it several times. And I think some, it's like me. I got a thick head and it takes a few pounds before it gets in there, you know, don't don't sit there like I'm the only one. <laughs> Some of you are with me on this. We're we're thick. And God has to beat it into us a few times before we really get it down in there for real. And I think he's starting to get some real answers now. Because now he's acting on it. He's making a statute and an ordinance for them, meaning he is passing this as legislation into law. He's really making an effort on this now. Joshua 24 and 26. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart each to his own inheritance. Okay. It's done. It's a sealed deal now. We, we're, we agreed. We set up a stone, an eye catcher. People are going to, what's that? Oh, they're going to read that ordinance. Anywhere past the stone in the land of Israel, we're serving God from here. You come in this land, you better be serving God now. That's what that stone's going to indicate. This memorial stone had the law inscribed on it. Somebody went and kind of chiseled it in there so the passersby could see it. And Joshua's about to die. And so he needs this stone to stand in public view to carry this message beyond his passing. That's why he put it here. Joshua 24 and 29. The death of Joshua and Eleazar. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance at Timnath-Serah, 
which is in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gesh. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. That's good leadership right there, guys. Verse 32, the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought up out of Egypt, they buried at Shechem in the plot of ground, which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver and which had become an inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. They buried him in a hill belonging to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him in the mountains of Ephraim. And so, three burials we have here. Three burials close the book of Joshua for us. First, we have Joshua's own burial at 110 years old, buried in his own town. And I like how it says in verse 29, it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord. It does not say, Joshua, the great military general with four stars on his shoulder. Although he could have been called that, Joshua was a military general guy. But real men of God, they don't seek title for themselves, even if they've earned it. Real men of God, they don't seek title even if they've earned it. Joshua aspired to have no greater rank than simply servant of the Lord. Just servant of the Lord. If I go, whatever you call me, I don't care. Just call me servant of the Lord. I'm fine with that. Looks good to me. Biblical, I feel good with that. But Joshua, servant of the Lord, what a humble, selfless man. He wanted all honor to go to God. He wanted it all to go to the Lord. Secondly, we see Joseph's burial. Just as Joseph requested it way back in Genesis 50, that the people would carry his bones to the promised land, and now that has come to pass. All this time later. And third, the third burial is the high priest, Eleazar. Eleazar is the one who helped distribute the land out to the tribes. He also did ministry work at the tabernacle during Israel's long seven-year war of conquest, taking over the land. That could not have been easy work at all, to be the man there at the tabernacle during wartime. and. Um, You know, it might seem odd here, though, to end a book with all the great leaders of Israel all dying, all at the same time here. We we got used to these guys. We saw the great things they did, and now, bam, they're all gone. Just kind of an odd way to close off a book. But these, these three graves are peaceful graves. These are peaceful graves that help us see God's faithfulness to these three men, Joshua, Joseph, and Eleazar. Three men who once lived in a foreign nation under slavery, but they received God's promise that He would deliver them out to freedom into an inheritance of their own. And so now all three of these faithful men are at rest exactly where God promised that He would bring them to. I think that's a good closing of a book to see these men that I have so much respect for and I was really wanting to hear more, but now it's done. But look how well it closed off. They're not where they were. God brought them out, and He took them through a journey, and He got them where He promised to get them. Now they have rest. The ending of this book of Joshua should encourage us because it shows us that God fulfills His promises to His faithful people. Now, in closing, I want to ask you to consider where you used to be. If you're saved in Jesus Christ, I want you to consider where you were and where you are now, where you are today. Those of us who are saved were once under the slavery of sin, 
But then the promise of salvation came to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ, a promise to deliver us out to freedom into an inheritance of our own. And that inheritance is eternal life reserved for us in heaven. And God's faithful will receive it. That's how you know this story ends well, because it ended well for these men. You will receive it. Don't you worry. Well, Ray, I don't know. It looks pretty impossible right now. Uh, I know. It looked pretty impossible for the Israelites on many occasions too. But they received it. You will receive your rest. But there's too many people out there that are trying to take advantage of God's goodness. They think that just because God has blessed them, it's okay to follow after other gods, taking advantage of God's goodness as a sin license. And oftentimes when God... Even when God has me call people to repentance that I have done in times before, I would call people to repentance. The people that I'm talking to will tell me exactly what I want to hear. Yes, Ray, Jesus is my Lord. Yes, Ray, I've given my life to God. Yes, Ray, God has blessed me. Yes, I agree, Jesus died on the cross. They'll tell me all that. But there's something wrong with their life. And when there's something wrong with their life that's plain to see, you got to put them before a a decision. A real decision. They know they have something hidden away in their back pocket. When people tell you what they want to, what you want to hear, they have no intention of putting away the false gods, which quote, as Joshua said, are among you. Like Joshua did to Israel, I want to have us all come to this decision. Now realize, I'm not just talking to y'all here in the room. This goes out over the radio and it goes out over YouTube. So I'm talking to more than just who's here. So I want to, everybody that can hear me, I want to put you to, to a decision. Whoever has their sin perfectly hidden away, know today that God knows about it, and today is your opportunity to cough it up and repent of it and incline your heart to Him before He has to inflict harm on you to get you to willingly let go of it. Let's be reminded of where we came from, a former life of sin being offered eternal life, if you would just faithfully follow Him. And like Israel's promised land, our inheritance in heaven is nothing that we planted. You didn't plant it. You didn't cultivate it. You didn't buy any of it. You didn't have to work for any of it at all. It was made all and established all by God alone so that he could give it to you freely. And we should despise the very thought of forsaking him because of what he offers us, shouldn't we? But keeping those secret sins among you is doing exactly that. It despises God, who is trying to set you up for such a great future. And so today is the day for somebody out there to choose. Today's the day somebody's going to crack. They, that, that, that sin is burning a hole in their pocket <laughs> right now, and it's bothering them. Good. Well, I don't like the failure that this putting on me, Ray. It's uncomfortable. Good. Get rid of it. Incline your heart to God. Put away those nicely hidden foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the God of Israel. The act is over. It's done. God knows what you're doing. It's time to get caught up with the Lord God. And I'm about to make a bold statement. A bold statement that I hope you'll make with me. And I'm not going to wait to fill out the majority opinion before I say it. So here it is. Choose this day. For yourselves whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whether you come with me or not, I pray you do. Now I've made that statement. 
Now you go and make that same statement before people you know too. And don't be worried about what they think of your saying it. Need leadership. They need to see people who will stick their neck out like that. People respond to that. Show them who the Lord is and He's worth following. Amen. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of our sin. We pray in repentance, Lord. First, God, I'm glad you just got me through this message (laughs) with my eyes the way they are. But I thank you, Lord God, you've given me other eyes to see other things. As your word says, we have to repent. We cannot serve you. If we are serving other gods, we have to get rid of it. Father, for any sin that's in the room, whatever, whatever it is, pornography, alcoholism, love of money, self-image, my great, wonderful, mighty career. Lord God, show these people they may be collectors. You're going to make them hand it off to someone else. Lord, we need to repent and get right with you. Lord, we don't want anyone to receive harm from you. We want them to receive blessing. Lord, anybody that may be going through some harm, maybe they realize, maybe there's something in my life I've got to get right. Lord, just show people what you've got for them. Forgive us, Lord God, for taking advantage of your goodness. Forgive us, Lord God, for knowing that we're saved, that we go off and do those things we know we ought not to do anyway. Teach us, Lord God, to put away the cultural influences that has gotten into our minds, the false gods, the cheating, the lying, the resentment that we have with other people. Lord God, anybody here that has ill feelings about someone, that they, they bury it. Lord, we're supposed to be the people that shows love, the love of Christ. Love covers a multitude of sins. It shows that we are yours. Lord, if anybody has any resentment towards me, I ask, Lord God, that we resolve it. We reconcile it. And so now, Lord, through the message, I pass it to your people. Now it's your people's turn. Show each one of us what it is that we need to get out of our life and get it out so that we can serve you properly, recognizing you as the one who gave us eternal life that we did not work any of ourselves. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you for being patient with us, waiting for us to come to this decision. Well, now it's decision day, Lord. Work through your people. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And one last thing for anybody here, I have to always do it. If you don't know where you stand with the Lord Jesus Christ, right now is your chance. You're thinking, well, Ray, I need to get saved in the first place. Here's how you do it. Follow me in prayer. You have to pray it. I can't pray it for you. Agree with me. Father, I messed up. I sinned. I blew the whole thing. Lord God, I am filthy rags. There's nothing I can do that's right. And I realize that. And I'm tired, Lord God, and I need your peace. Forgive me, Father. I want my sins to pass off of me onto the Lord Jesus at the cross, as your word says. Thank you for dying in my place. I make you Lord. I believe in you. I now will follow you. Thank you for dying in my place. And I know that your resurrection shows that you have mastery over death. Therefore, I rise with you. Thank you for coming to save someone who doesn't deserve it. I accept your free gift of eternal life, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And those of us who are saved, we shall walk without serving foreign gods. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first.
Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.